Hi everyone, Tony Tonkin here again, having a chat to you on this occasion about parenting with a disability. I've come across uh, over the last couple of weeks a couple of clients who have some form of disability, intellectual and physical, and they have had their children removed. And I also um, have had parents who have been identified as having an intellectual disability, which has meant that the department has chosen not to return children to them, primarily because they argue that these particular people are struggling to uh, to learn, that they have they don't seem to have the capacity to be able to absorb information and therefore transfer that information uh, in relation to their parenting skills. Um, so we have we have kind of this intellectual thing on two levels. We have it with people that have got severe intellectual uh, disabilities, and we have other people that have got lesser disabilities but have also been identified particularly as being intellectually challenged. And I guess one of the issues, the primary issue for me is why social workers are so quick to judge people that have a disability as being incapable, incapable of parenting. And I often, well I do believe actually that uh, it's a prejudicial thought that they have in relation to people with a disability, so they believe that anybody with a disability is unlikely to be able to, um, to parent appropriately. And it's a fallacy and it's, it's not true. It is agreed that perhaps some people might need further support uh, in some form or another, but it doesn't mean that they are incapable of parenting. And while I was contemplating this issue, I decided to just do a bit of quick research around this, and I found uh, an article on the um, Australian, um, Australian Institute of Family Studies website, which uh, discussed this very issue. And it's interesting just to quote some aspects of this particular report, which highlights the very issues that, I've, that, I, that concern me and concern me as a social worker because my colleagues clearly do not understand the types of decisions that they're making and the prejudicial base from which they come. Um, so I'll just quote a little bit from, from this article and I'll put the link to the article at the bottom of this, uh, of this particular feed so that uh, those of you who are interested in reading it uh, may do so. Um, it says adults with intellectual disability who express a wish to become parents can face considerable opposition from within their social networks and if they become pregnant may be pressured to end the pregnancy by family members and social workers. Which brings you back to the idea that perhaps, and this is me speaking, not the, not the quote, um, back to the forced removals of children from parents who uh, were having children out of wedlock as it was back then and how disgusting people must have thought that to have been. Um, those, it goes on to say, and I quote, those who have children live in fear of having them taken away, end of quote. And that is so true that uh, parents who have a disability uh, are often faced with uh, the likelihood that those, that if they do have a child, that that child will be removed. 
Um, and um, on too many occasions that is exactly what happens as a justifiable fear. It would be less likely to be a fear if the department or people working with these people could assure those that are likely to remove the children that their parenting capacity is adequate or their ability to learn is significant. Um, I was with a, a young woman uh, just during this week and uh, she was telling me as I was leaving that she, she carries a doll with her because the doll represents the child that has been removed from her and every time she sees a parent with a young child of the same age as her child she becomes extremely emotional and her longing to have a child and care for a child uh, is, is significant uh, and is a driving force for her to be to be a, a good mum and to work hard at being a mother. In fact, you'll probably, you'll probably find that she'll probably work harder at being a parent than will most other people because she's so driven in this particular area. Um, and this, this article uh, goes on to say uh, uh, that it talks about uh, there's an over-representation of people that have got a, uh, that are challenged in some particular way, primarily because they, um, they have experienced childhood adversity, they are low educational attainment, in many cases um, as with someone that I met recently they were illiterate, um, they're isolated socially um, and uh, they've been exposed to poverty, probably family and intimate partner violence and high levels of stress um, as a result of all of that and these these can impact on the parenting emotional and physical health of these people so um, we understand the circumstances that are placed around a lot of people who experience some form of um, intellectual impairment or physical impairment, but that this, this does not mean that therefore, for some bizarre reason, they don't have the right to be a parent. Um, and I'll just, just quote another part from this article which I think is really important and it, it bears out what I've been saying. And, and this is a, um, a belief that's generally held by lots, um, lots of professionals that I work with uh, and it's sad to see my profession holding on to and embracing some of these beliefs even though I, I suggest they, they wouldn't admit to it. And it goes on to say, and I quote, entrenched assumptions by professionals in the community at large about the capacity of persons with intellectual disability to raise a child result in these families facing greater scrutiny and heightened perceptions of risk to children by the practitioners they encounter. Once under the gaze of social services and child protection authorities, the compounding effects of prejudicial assumption and discriminatory treatment, inappropriate or inadequate service support, and unrealistically high expectations by caseworkers of what constitutes good enough parenting. Indeed, the systemically dif differential treatment of parents with intellectual disability in child protection matters has been described as institutional abuse, end of quote. And one of the articles referred to here actually was by Dorothy Cox, um, who's a well-renowned academic and social worker. And I think it's, it's time that we confronted uh, the, the system, the social workers in relation to the way they treat people with disabilities and they, they automatically make the assumption that because a person has any form of disability, intellectual impairment or whatever it might be, they are not worthy of being a, being a, um, a parent. And uh, I find it uh, distressing that my profession still believes some of these ideas, 
and that they influence whether or not parents can parent or not. And it brings us back to um, uh, a time where we believe that people with certain intellectual challenges uh, or physical challenges uh, should be prohibited from having children entirely. And uh, there was a time when that sort of belief was running rampant, you know, like, but, but who are we to decide who does, and who does not have children? And I can assure you that there are many of these parents who are passionate about rearing children, and they deserve the right to be able to do so. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and if you have any comments, please make them below. Thank you.